Gail Trotter, a conservative voice for you, right inside our nation's capital. Legal and political analysis. Now, The Gail Trotter Show. Hi, I'm Gail Trotter, host of The Gail Trotter Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Be sure to subscribe below so that you don't miss a single one of my daily episodes. We've been on fire this week covering the five outstanding questions posed by White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany to the members of the mainstream media last Friday during the regular press briefing. We covered the first two questions earlier this week, and we're on question number three today, which is why was Lieutenant General Michael Flynn's identity leaked, which is a criminal act, to the press? And these are part of the five questions that the mainstream media seems to have no curiosity about, even though these members of the media claim that they are so interested in rooting out government corruption and making sure that we have transparency in our government. They take their job very seriously, that they are trying to hold the people in power accountable. And yet when there comes an opportunity for them to do some real work, to do some digging, to ask the really difficult questions, they're nowhere to be found. Many members of the former administration under President Obama are ubiquitous. They are on cable news all the time. And yet we are not seeing these difficult questions being asked of them. There should be many more questions asked for them. Put them on the spot. But instead, the cable news organizations pay these former Obama administration officials to be experts on their shows, pushing the line of the Democratic Party, pushing the line of the Obama administration, covering up for them, doing this rear guard action to try and excuse away the abuses of the Obama administration. And I'm so glad to see that Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany is not just up there rigidly answering whatever they throw at her, but no, she's turning the tables on, on them. And she's such a good compliment to this administration that punches back twice as hard. And when you understand what President Trump went through without his knowledge when he was a candidate during his transition and once he started his first part of his administration, you understand why this man is so angry. And he's not angry because of the abuses he's suffered. He's angry because of the problems that this holds for all the voters who supported him and for people who didn't support him but understand that this is a complete abuse of power. There are many illegal acts, and there's been this cover-up not only by the Democrat Party but also by their allies in the media. And so President Trump is angry on our behalf, not just his behalf, but on our behalf. And so it's so great to see Kaylee pushing back on this. And I've been monitoring the media this week to see if they would pick up her questions. I'm not holding my breath to see them actually do this, but I did want to share a couple of pieces with you. There's an excellent piece, which I will link to down below by Andy McCarthy talking about this leak of information by some White House official, we don't know who it was, to the Washington Post, to the columnist David Ignatius, and I'm going to link to that article down below. I'll go into it a little bit later, too. I'm also going to link to an article down below by the Washington Post. You might remember that one of their huge claims to fame as a media enterprise is taking down a president, 
they feel like they were single-handedly responsible for getting Richard Nixon to resign. And yet, when we're seeing abuse that far exceeds any of the abuses, abuses that happened during the Nixon presidency, they are nowhere to be found. And not only are they nowhere to be found, they are making a concerted effort on their pages and on their website to make up excuses, to confuse the situation, to mislead people, deliberately mislead people about what happened during the Obama administration. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that article in this episode too. And there's a third piece by Lee Smith at the New York Post, which I'm going to link to down below too, that gives us a little more light on this information. But first, I want to draw your attention to the most pressing thing that the New York Times is covering right now. I'm going to read you a title of their big article today. Trump pushes a conspiracy theory that falsely accuses a TV host of murder. You might have been following this a little bit. So President Trump has some mean tweets against a fierce advocate of his in the media. And the New York Times thinks that this is such a great story that they devote a tremendous amount of page space to it. And yet you could just as easily say, hey, why didn't they have stories right now that are saying the Obama administration pushed a conspiracy theory that falsely accused President Trump and his closest advisors of treason, of collusion with Russia to upend the presidential election in 2016 and to steal the election. Why are we not seeing headlines in the New York Times talking about the Obama administration falsely accusing President Trump and his closest advisors of one of the one of the worst things that could possibly happen in American or world politics. We're not seeing that because instead we're seeing from the New York Times, from the Washington Post and all these other usual suspects, we're seeing efforts to try and cover up for the actions of the Obama administration and to mislead people on what really occurred. Let's dig into this Washington Post article. I think it is representative of many pieces that we're seeing across the mainstream media spectrum, including segments on the cable news stations, which don't want to touch this. If they touch it at all, they only want to use it to hit on Trump, to make him look bad, to make people who support President Trump look bad. And digging into this Washington Post article, which I mentioned I'm linking to down below, it says that Trump allies are pressing to know who leaked. So they are saying that the effort to understand the abuses of our intelligence community, which was done for political purposes, that's just being pushed by Trump allies. And they are trying to turn the facts of the case on its head. So people are saying, hey, there was this systematic abuse of our intelligence for political purposes by the Obama administration. For example, this call was monitored. Uh, General Flynn was unmasked 49 times by multiple dozens of people in the Obama administration who had no business having information about General Flynn. And the response, including in this Washington Post article is, oh, no, 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 he was not 
General Flynn was not unmasked for the critical calls with uh, Ambassador, Russian Ambassador Kislyak on December 29th. So the Republicans have got this wrong and they should just fold up the tent and go home because they don't have the facts on their side. Well, it doesn't matter. And as you can read in this excellent scathing piece by Andy McCarthy below, it doesn't matter if Flynn was masked or unmasked in this document by the FBI prepared the summary of the calls that General Flynn had with Ambassador Kislyak. It doesn't matter for purposes of whether or not the leak of General Flynn's name and the call to the Washington Post was illegal. That is a felony. Even if he's masked, even if he's not masked, that's classified information. That information, our intelligence community is able to have under strict laws of our of, of our federal government that allow certain amount of spying to be done to protect national security. But the intention is to protect the privacy of American citizens. And you might be following this right now. There's a big debate about whether or not to renew the FISA authorization statute. President Trump has said this has been abused so much and to look at this again. So it's really terrible. I, I can't really think of something that is worse. When you put in laws in place to give the intelligence community access to private information so that they can protect national security and avoid things like 9-11 or other attacks against Americans, and then they abuse that, then you are really you're abusing the people that they're revealing private information about, but more importantly, you are undermining trust in the entire system. And when that trust goes, then you make America less safe because fewer people are going to support that kind of intrusive surveillance if they don't trust the people who are making the decisions about how to reveal that information or not reveal it. So it's not just a made-up felony. It's not a fake crime. It's such, it, it is the cornerstone of the entire authorization for the intelligence community to be able to access this information. Because if Americans don't think that their information is being kept private and that this type of private information can be weaponized against political opponents, then Americans are not going to support that. And so then the intelligence community and our foreign policy experts in government positions are not going to have access to the critical information that they need to keep Americans safe. So going back to this Washington Post article, it likes to make this argument that you're hearing all over cable news too, that unmasking is a routine process. Well, okay, but we saw, and we talked about this in prior episodes, this became an issue when John Bolton was being nominated to be the UN ambassador. How many times he had unmasked people? Well, it was a vanishingly small number compared to the amount of unmasking that was done in the Obama administration only about General Flynn. We don't even know how many other people in the uh, Trump administration in the, in the campaign during 2016 or the transition team, we don't even know how many people close to President Trump were unmasked. We're only seeing one small silo of information. So that's something else we're hearing from the Washington Post and their conservative or in their media allies. Uh, we're also hearing in this Washington Post article that the effort to investigate this is all 
a political effort. And we even have a quote by Ryan Goodman that turns the very issue on its head. He tries to make the argument, which is a laughable and ridiculous argument. He says that the investigation of the Obama administration abuses is showing that law enforcement and intelligence agencies are being used for political purposes during election season. Can you believe the audacity of these people? They're taking what actually happened under the Obama administration, turning it on its head and trying to use it strategically against President Trump and against trying to investigate this terrible abuse by the Obama administration. So the Washington Post goes on and tries to characterize this very important investigation that should be done and continue to be done and reforms to be made and the guilty people to be prosecuted, the Washington Post tries to make it just a Trump obsession. And they even say that he called, President Trump calls it Obamagate. Now, this is from the same paper that brought you Watergate. And it's so fascinating to see that they have completely lost any journalistic interest, integrity, or professionalism if they had it in the first place. And I think it should just be seen for what it is. It's just an extension of the Democratic Party. So going on to through this Washington Post article, it also calls out Devin Nunes, who is a real hero. You, he, hero. you might remember he was really targeted when he came out and, and talked about how abusive what was going on in the Obama administration was. And he got, he just was smeared and became persona non grata by all the very smart people talking on cable news. And yet he was proven correct. And he makes the point, as referenced in the Washington Post article, that this illegal information was given to the press by the the Obama administration, and the press was willing to take it to build a fake, phony narrative. That's the Russia-Trump collusion narrative. And uh, they're acting in this article like that's such a ridiculous thing to say, but it's so perfect. It's so on point. So going through the final part of this Washington Post article, it talks about the David Ignatius column that kicked off really the uh, focus of getting General Flynn pushed out of the White House. And the way that Washington Post characterizes its own columnist information says that David Ignatius revealed that Michael Flynn called Kislyak several times and raised the question of whether sanctions had come up. And of course, they don't use the word leak because that's what it is, and that's their columnist, so they don't want to admit that their uh, columnist was involved in this plot to take out General Flynn because, as KT McFarland said, he knew where the bodies were buried, and he, they don't want to, I guess, acknowledge or take credit for their part in what the Obama administration was able to accomplish to hamper President Trump. And they also go into why uh, they were able to report later on how General Flynn was escorted out from his position, essentially. So I, as I said, if we read next this Andy McCarthy piece, it is scathing. And his bottom line point is that this entire apparatus and operation by the Obama administration was politics, 
not national security. So whenever you read a, uh, an article about this issue, which there are not very many unless they're, uh, they're articles trying to apologize or to make, make excuses for what the Obama administration did, remember that, that this entire operation was politics and not national security. And Annie McCarthy makes a point that the people in the mainstream media are trying to say, oh, this leak didn't matter, it wasn't a crime, because <clears throat> General Flynn wasn't masked in this FBI transcript in the first place, and he, he calls that out to the carpet right away. Of course, that leak is a felony. That's classified information. You can't leak that. And he makes the point, too, that this was a garbage investigation from the beginning. Garbage, garbage of General Flynn, garbage the whole Trump-Russia collusion narrative. There was never a FISA warrant for General Flynn because the FBI knew that they had no proof. They had no proof. They knew they had no proof. They knew that they couldn't go to the FISA court and get a warrant against General Flynn because unlike other people in the Trump administration, they didn't have a dirty, fake, lying dossier to use against General Flynn. So they didn't even have the ridiculous, flimsy stuff that they used to prop up the rest of the investigation against General Flynn. So they were unable to do the FISA warrant, so they had to do other stuff. And um, all of it just makes this ultimate point that Andy McCarthy said, and I cannot emphasize enough, this was all about politics, it was not about national security, and we should not rest until we're able to figure out exactly who did who did what, who struck John, and who was behind all this. And we're continuing to get a little drips of information, but we're going to have to dig it out. We're not going to hear it from the mainstream media. They're not going to be meeting with anyone in a dark corner trying to get this information. In fact, the leaks that they take are the things to target their political opponents. So finally, on this piece in the New York Post by Lee Smith, the thing that I found most interesting was talking about uh, President Trump and how he really didn't have to unmask General Flynn because that was done in what's called the presidential daily brief. And this is something that President Obama or any president receives first thing, and the president can determine who else among the senior officials is privy or who can sit in the room while he's hearing it. So we don't know how many people had the opportunity to understand that Michael Flynn was on this call and he was the person uh, in this situation and leaked it to David Ignatius at the Washington Post. So there is a lot of digging that has to be done. And when you think about the breadth of the people who had information to this, who had access to this information, it just right on its face shows that there was an abuse because there was no need for 15 people, wasn't 15, five people at the Treasury Department to have uh, General Flynn unmasked repeatedly. No reason for that. And I think people think, well, you know, Obama must have known because his chief of staff, Dennis McDonough, was one of the people who had General Flynn unmasked. But this New York Post article makes the point, well, President Obama would have had it in his presidential daily brief anyway. So it goes right to the top. And another point that Lee Smith makes in this article is that he was talking to one of his journalist friends, and his journalist friend said he was stunned to see how quickly colleagues were able to confirm 
this account when usually it would be difficult or impossible to confirm the type of leak that was put forward in David Ignatius' column. So we're not going to give up on this. This is the third of the five questions that Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany posed to the press, the incurious press, the press that almost seems somnorific, complete lack of interest in the biggest story of our lifetime. And we're going to cover the next two questions over the next two days. I hope you will comment down below on what you think about this. And do you have a sense of who the leaker might have been? Uh, I'll also leak down below to the list of people who asked for General Flynn's name to be unmasked. And thank you so much for joining me. I hope you will subscribe. Please hit the bell so you don't miss a daily episode and comment down below on what topics you would like us to cover after we're done with these five questions. Thanks for listening to The Gail Trotter Show right in D.C. Be sure to sign up for her mailing list on her website, gailtrotter.com. And also follow her on Twitter at Gail Trotter, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe now. It's easy. Thanks for listening. Share the truth. Share The Gail Trotter Show.